Hey is right, my friends, and welcome to episode 91 of One Man Watchpoint. This is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Now, if you're a returning listener, thank you very much for coming back after a week off. That's right, it was Canadian Thanksgiving, uh, so we did have a week off last week, but we are back at it like a bad habit. If you're a new listener, I'm, of course, your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not give me a follow? Reach out to me over on Twitter. I'd love to interact with you. You can tweet at me. You can DM me, whatever you want there. Give me topics. Give me questions. Give me concerns. Give me thoughts on Overwatch 2 as a whole um, or anything Overwatch related or even just video game related. I'd love to chat and bring your questions to the show. So hit me up on Twitter at Sir DRJM. That's at Sir Dr. JM. But enough with all that. We've got a show to get on with, and we've got some Overwatch 2 to talk about. So you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, if you enjoy what you hear here on this podcast, then of course, head on over to podcast services everywhere and look up the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant of course, we talk everything Canadian Overwatch League, where I am the third chair with my co-hosts, Alex and Chris, and we will look at everything going on in the Overwatch League. Now, I can't wait to talk some Overwatch 2 since I didn't get to last week, although I didn't get to play too much last week either. So, without further ado, let's dive on in. Get down! All right, so if you're new around here, you don't know the breakdown of the show, so let me hit you with it. First things first, we're going to do a news segment of the show where I will uh, read you a collection of news articles that we collected around uh, the web as they relate to Overwatch, Overwatch 2, etc., etc. And we'll talk about them a little bit. We'll give our thoughts and any uh, questions about them that we might have. Then, of course, we'll take a look at the Overwatch League and we'll uh, do a quick recap of what went on in the past week's uh, action in the Overwatch League. And then, of course, we will do our pickums and make some predictions about the upcoming week's matches in the Overwatch League before we close out the show. So let's head on into the news where we're going to start with an article over from GameSpot.com with an article by Jason Finelli, posted on October 11th, of course, uh, just after Canadian Thanksgiving, which reads, Blizzard will give you a free skin and double XP for playing Overwatch 2 later this month. After months of excitement and weekly previews thanks to the Overwatch League, the launch Overwatch 2 has been rough, to say the least. Blizzard Entertainment has acknowledged the issues, offering free in-game loot to players who continue to support the game going forward. In an official blog post on the game's website, Blizzard has announced that all players who log in between October 25th and the end of the first season, which is currently scheduled for December 6th, will receive a health pack weapon charm and the cursed captain skin for Reaper, completely free of charge. The blog also confirms double XP weekend events intended for players affected by connection issues to catch up, but specific dates for those weekends have not been announced. Now, addendum to the article, those have been announced now. Um, I'll, I'll throw them at the end of this article here. I'll throw them on. The blog post also states that another patch is due later this week, which will bring, quote, further stability updates. Should more issues arise, all known bugs and their corresponding fixes will now be detailed on a designated page rather than in forum posts, which has been the main method of communication thus far. Quote, we've largely stabilized the game overall, and we've made a lot of progress in fixing or improving issues some of you are facing, the blog post reads. We're committed to consistently investigating issues as they arise, working quickly towards fixes and being transparent with our community on the status of Overwatch 2, end quote. 
The most recent issues plaguing Overwatch 2 affected two original heroes as both Bastion and Torbjorn were removed from the selectable roster. Bastion was removed completely to be fixed while Torbjorn is still available in quick play mode. Overwatch 2 is available now for free on Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Nintendo Switch, and PC. So, of course, a few things to touch on there. Um, one, of course, being that we are getting free goodies thanks to the rocky start of Overwatch 2, which, honestly, uh, I think on my last episode I had speculated that they might do something like this. Um, although, you know, this this is kind of the minimum they could do. Yeah, they're giving us a, a cool legendary skin. I'll, I'll give them that much. It is a pretty dope skin. Um, and a weapon charm, which is kind of a, kind of a funny one, kind of tongue-in-cheek, giving us uh, the, uh, what was it? health pack weapon charm in this one um i do appreciate that but i think what really would have gone further is if they gave everyone you know some free battle pass uh progress or something like that because the fact is most people will have missed out on you know maybe only a couple hours of play but there are people who will have missed out on a week's worth of play right um and to those of us who you know may have limited play time uh, myself included in this honestly um you know missing out on being able to play even just a couple hours a night over a week adds up right that could be the difference between us completing the battle pass or getting to you know those those final couple of tiers but not quite making it so it does kind of suck to see that they're not giving out uh you know free battle pass progress or uh or currency or something like that um but regardless i am happy with this and also you know on top of that they're giving us double xp weekends which should help account for some of the uh the the, the inability to play and connect and things like that now i did pull up here the uh double xp weekend dates so the first weekend runs from october 21st through october 24th so at the time you're listening to this i believe that will be this upcoming weekend the second from october 28th through october 31st so that'll be the weekend after that and the third from november 24th through november 28th so they're giving us two upcoming here real quick and then they're giving us a third um double xp weekend down in november sort of right at the end of the uh of the battle pass there um of of the current season which is nice uh you know gives you kind of a boost right at the end there just in case you were uh, lagging behind a little bit or needed to make some progress now one other nice thing about this update is uh something that you know shouldn't really be too groundbreaking but unfortunately uh it is something that's necessary um they've they've noted that there is now a designated page rather than they're just going to be doing forum posts for all of the issues with overwatch 2 so i've actually pulled up that page now it's uh looks like it was last updated october 10th so as of recording that was a week ago which i'll be honest you would hope for more frequent updates than that um but i mean you know i do think for the most part things have stabilized things have kind of calmed down um and it does seem like you know people are having uh less connection issues uh, an easier time getting in uh, less bugs in game and things like that aside from the big ones of course which they also note in this article here are things like the torbjorn and bastion uh, uh i don't even know what to call it brokenness uh, brokenology right now of course if you haven't been keeping up with that um bastion is uh glitched to a point where you can use his ultimate and basically just blast the living daylights out of uh out of the enemy team uh, over and over again so that's why he's been pulled out completely whereas torbjorn's is a little less uh impactful it allows his overload ability to be uh basically triggered for twice as long as um 
as it normally can or as it should be available for. Um, so, you know, makes sense that Torbjorn's still available in, in quick play, I guess. Uh, wouldn't make sense if he were available in uh, competitive, so it does make sense that they've turned off his his access there. Uh, but hopefully they can get those issues sorted out. Um, again, you know, I think the majority of the issues that, you know, I know they suffered multiple DDoS attacks, which obviously caused a lot of server problems. I know they uh, had long queues to get into the game and stuff like that, lots of disconnects and things like that. Um, I think we're past the majority of those. I think we're kind of over the hump in terms of those. And now it's just, you know, call it normal bug squashing. Um, maybe it's a little, little more jacked up than normal, but uh, in any case, it seems to be that the situation is improving overall. So anyways, that's kind of the state of things as they are now. Of course, as you know, the article talks about there, we're getting a little bit of an apology from Blizzard uh, in terms of the Rocky launch, but ultimately, you know, the game seems to be working now and on we go. So our next article is going to take us over to Dexerto.com with an article by Michael Gwilliam posted on October 13th. Which reads Overwatch 2 October 13th update boosts low-ranked competitive players adds maps patch notes. A new Overwatch 2 patch has just gone live on PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo Switch, bringing in a series of changes to ranked play and putting some missing maps back into rotation. Overwatch 2 has been out just over a week, and despite some major launch issues with DDoS attacks and bugs keeping players from using their unlocked heroes, things have finally begun to stabilize. On October 13th, Blizzard released a new patch that fixes an assortment of issues such as cosmetic purchases, incorrect item prices, and more. However, players will be pleased to know that Numbani is finally back in the map pool after mysteriously going missing prior to launch. Furthermore, as a major bonus, Ranked is getting some much-needed revamps, especially as some users ended up placing much lower than they anticipated. To make up for these placement issues, Blizzard is implementing a boost to help some players climb as they continue to queue up for matches. Luckily though, anyone who plays Ranked after this match won't have to deal with any of these problems. Keep in mind that because there are no balancing changes this patch, we could end up seeing a big update next week to compensate. So, in this article, they then list all the bug patches, uh, or the bug fixes, sorry. I did check this on the Overwatch uh, website, and it does appear they just basically copy-pasted this uh, across. So I'm actually going to skip over the general bug fixes, because those are pretty wide-ranging. Um, lots of things, you know, fixed an error with the report interface, fixed a bug where some emotes were incorrectly locked, fixed a bug where hero unlocks were not incrementing properly, etc., etc. So... Um, I'm just going to skip over those. If you're curious, Google Overwatch 2 uh, patch notes and you'll find it. But what I want to talk about here is first the competitive section. So here it says, many players were ranked too low during the first week of Overwatch 2. So we're implementing a boost as players continue to play games for those affected by the issue. Players who were ranked too low could have the feeling of being stuck in this rank. Moving forward, players should be able to climb the ranks in their first rank update, assuming they're supposed to be higher based on their performance. Players who haven't ranked will not experience, experience this issue after this patch. So they're obviously talking about that boost to the competitive side of things. Um, I know for myself, I placed... Uh, I feel like lower than I should have. Um, I, I'm not going to reveal at this time what that rank was. Uh... But I'm curious to see, uh, you know, how this boost does affect things. It's almost kind of a good test case because, like I say, I I had won the majority of my matches. I thought I did fairly well. Um, I thought overall our, our teams did fairly well. You know, I had a couple of losses in there, but no biggie. Um, and ultimately, then I placed lower than I expected to, given, given how I did perform uh, or did place 
in Overwatch 1. So I'm curious to see now as I play more how that climbs. Now the other side of that is that was on my support. Uh, I did start dabbling in the tank role just to kind of see how the tanks feel in Overwatch 2. I've actually been having a lot of fun on that. I haven't uh, finished my placement matches for uh, tank, but I'm excited to see if I do end up placing higher on the tank side of things just because um, I didn't really start doing competitive matches on tank until this fix was already in place. So uh, I'll report back once I've, you know, once I've made some progress, maybe received my placement, my initial placement on the tank roll. The uh, patch notes continue there with maps. Numbani and Necropolis have been added back to their map pools, which, you know, I don't need to say too much about that. They did actually go on to, uh, or they have gone on to talk about the map pools um, and state that some maps will rotate in and rotate out as the seasons go on, which honestly I think is pretty fine. You know, you can always play those those uh, other maps that are missing. Sorry, that was my dog. In some of the um, in some of the uh, uh, workshop modes or, or not workshop uh, custom game modes and things like that. So they're still available, obviously. Um, but you know, I do think it's actually kind of a good way to keep interest and and keep people going. And you know, for a lot of new players, um, they will not have experienced some of these older maps that a lot of us know, like Numbani, for example, or uh, maybe Blizzard World, things like that. Um, so it's kind of cool that you know, once season one ends, if people you know maybe hey, season one ends and they hit kind of you know, their interest is waning and, and then suddenly there's a bunch of new maps that, you know, they don't know aren't actually old maps. Um, but, you know, as it turns out, they are. So anyways, I think that's kind of a neat way for them to drum up some interest and keep people engaged. Now, moving on to the heroes section of the patch notes. First things first, Zenyatta no longer receives extra attack speed from Kiriko's ultimate ability, which is interesting because everyone else still does. Um, I know people online had been posting that Zen just turned into basically a nuke um, when benefiting from Kuriko's ultimate. Uh, as long as you could aim at all, then you were basically guaranteed to kill a character. Um, but, you know, I, I just find it interesting that for some reason they, they lowered Zen, but not other characters. So anyways, interesting one there. Kuriko, they resolved an issue where yokai achievement was unattainable, so that's good for those uh, achievement hunters out there. I actually don't know off the top of my head what the yokai achievement is. Fixed a bug with swift step that could result in the player being placed under the terrain in some cases. This is obviously a good one for them to fix because that swift step ability is pretty important to Kuriko's kit um, and pretty important for her ability to get in and get out of a fight. So good, good on them for fixing that. And then Workshop fixed an issue where Workshop green screen would load Workshop Island instead and fixed a bug where Night Workshop maps were loading daytime variants. So just fixing a couple of problems there with the Workshop mode. So... Good stuff there for the most part. Um, nothing too incredible, as they do mention in the article there. There's a chance we see another patch given uh, after this week. Um, things are moving uh, in terms of the Overwatch League. We are moving into the play-in rounds of the uh, of ultimately the playoffs. So uh, what that means is the next week's upcoming matches will be um, basically four teams competing to find out who does actually make it into the playoffs. Um, so technically the regular season has ended. We now have this, this play in round where there's four teams facing off to figure out, uh, who will ultimately be that final seed in the playoffs. So that's, uh, that's coming up, but we'll talk more about that as we get further into the show. We're going to head on over to Dot Esports again, this time with an article by Emily Morrow, posted on October 14th, which reads, October, no, I always want to say October when it says Overwatch for some reason. 
Overwatch 2 hits staggering player count in just 10 days, Blizzard says, despite rocky launch. Overwatch 2 has reached a total player count of 25 million since its launch, according to developer Blizzard Entertainment. In a tweet posted by the official Overwatch account, the developer revealed that in the 10 days since Overwatch 2's launch on October 4th, the game has accrued more than 25 million players. Blizzard also said in a press release that Overwatch 2 has smashed the first game's daily player peak. While specific numbers were not provided, Overwatch 2's daily player peak was reportedly three times as high as that of the first Overwatch. These milestones were reached despite a rocky launch for the game, which had to contend with struggling servers, two DDoS attacks, and a myriad of bugs preventing players from experiencing this game as intended. While the development team is still ironing out all the kinks following launch, the servers are mostly stable and players have been able to give Overwatch 2's new heroes, maps, and modes a try. Alongside the player count announcement, Blizzard revealed that all players who log into the game starting on October 25th and running until December 6th, the end of Season 1, will receive the Legendary Cursed Captain Reaper skin and the Health Pack Weapon Charm for free. Players will also be able to participate in three double XP weekends, October 21st at 1pm to October 24th at 1pm, this is CT, October 28th to October 31st, November 24th to November 28th. Overwatch 2 is now available. So... There you have it. Uh, that was that was quite a lot in that article, but it was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, talking about nothing kind of thing. Um, congratulations to Overwatch, obviously, and the Overwatch team and Blizzard for uh, reaching that 20, what was it, 25 million players since launch. Uh, that is an absolutely staggering number. Um, I will be very curious to see how these numbers hold up and, and also to see what the numbers are like on Twitch and YouTube gaming and things like that. Um, because really that's, that's the longevity of the game that we're talking about there. Um, so anyways, this is a stellar launch for the game and especially given all of the challenges and problems and disconnects and blah, 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 that happened, uh, over these, these past couple of weeks, um, as Emily noted in the article there, but ultimately wanted to highlight this one because this game is massive. If you thought Overwatch was dead before Overwatch 2 released, well, guess again, because it is certainly alive and kicking. Now, we're going to head on over back to Dexerto.com with another article by Michael Gwilliam. This time, posted on October 17th, that's today as of recording, and this one reads, Multiple Overwatch 2 Cyber Skins Leaked in Expo Panel Presentation. A wave of upcoming Overwatch 2 skins have been leaked following their appearance at a Blizzard presentation. Now, this isn't normally something that I would do. Um, normally, I leave leaks and speculation out of the news just because they, they you know, are not confirmed just yet. Um, however, I'm going to cover this one because, I mean, if you go look up this article, you'll see the cover image is actually an image or a screenshot from uh, a lot of the announcement videos that they put out for Overwatch 2 where they were first kind of unveiling things. And when they first uh, talked openly about the battle pass and everything, they showed off a lot of these skins in that trailer. Um, they just hadn't quite put a name to them, and we, we kind of had... Uh, didn't really have an actual idea of when they might be coming, but it seems like given that they showed these off in, uh, I believe it was Lightbox Expo, something like that. Uh, yeah, Lightbox Expo 2022. Um, given they showed them off here, it probably indicates that these are coming sooner rather than later, which you could have guessed because they're all pretty cyberpunk-esque skins um and we of course know that the first season in overwatch 2 is of course themed uh, cyberpunk so let's read the article here the first ever overwatch 2 season is upon us after a somewhat chaotic launch period the free-to-play sequel has stabilized resulting in record-breaking player count to kick off overwatch 2's first season the battle pass theme is cyberpunk and has all sorts of cosmetics centered around cyber enhancements for several of the game's heroes 
As it turns out, more skins are on the way, and Blizzard showcased them to those in attendance for a presentation at Lightbox Expo 2022. During a presentation titled, quote, Creating Iconic Heroes with the Overwatch Team, a video was... That's awkward, there's a bit of a typo here. The video was played and revealed some upcoming hero skins. The footage was filmed by Twitter user proofy with two eyes underscore and shared on the platform keeping with the cyberpunk theme new skins were shown off for hanzo roadhog zenyatta and widowmaker the cyber hanzo skin is a per it in particular sorry has a lot in common with the mythic genji skin that players can unlock by leveling up their battle pass to level 80 though it doesn't seem to be as customizable there's no telling how much these skins will cost or when they'll be added but the theme suggests they may be coming out sometime this season so far, players have been very vocal about skin pricing in Overwatch 2, blasting Blizzard for overcharging for cosmetics. Blizzard has yet to respond to the criticism, but the company might acknowledge the feedback, depending on how these skins are priced. We'll have to wait and see what the future holds, especially as the Halloween event with a long-awaited expansion to Junkenstein's Revenge coming later this month. So, a little bit of speculation at the end of the article there, of course. Um, but if you do go check out these uh, these these uh, leaks, if that's what you really want to call them. Um, you can actually watch the video uh, where he's filming Lightbox um, or filming the presentation at Lightbox uh, 2022. And you do see these skins. You know, the Hanzo one uh, does look pretty sick if I'm being real. Uh, it's got a really cool face mask. Um, as the article mentions there, very, very similar to uh, to the Mythic Genji skin. Um, the Widowmaker skin is pretty cool if you ask me. Um, Widowmaker skins I, I usually find are... are some of the less interesting skins, um, so I don't have too much to say about that one. Kuriko uh, does look pretty cool. Uh, they do also cover some of the skins that we've seen. Um, the the I believe it's called the EDM um, uh, Diva skin is featured there. They look at uh, you know other skins like the Junkrat one. I'm just jumping through the video here. They look at the uh, Zenyatta one. We've got the oh we've got the actual Kuriko uh, Cyber one that they do show off later on. Um, which does look very cool. They've also made changes to uh, to her her fox companion as well, um, and of course they also show off a, a bit of the roadhog one that we've seen before too. Um, so ultimately, just a lot of cool stuff in here. And and like I say, and like the article points out there, you know, given these are cyberpunk skins, we had to know these were coming relatively soon. Um, you know, at least in the two month or so period of uh, the season one. But in any case cool to have some confirmation and see them in the flesh or see them live on stage now we're gonna head back on over to dotesports.com for our final article this week posted by scott dew on october 17th which reads the second round of overwatch 2 twitch drops are now live including a yummy looking donut weapon charm Another round of Twitch viewership drops for Overwatch 2 has begun, giving players a chance to earn in-game loot simply by watching streams. This time around, the drops include a spray and a weapon charm. If you ever wanted to hang a yummy sprinkled donut from your gun, or in Kuriko's case, your hand, you can do so in just a few short hours. The razor-sharp Kuriko spray is earned after two hours of watching any Overwatch 2 stream on Twitch. Once that's claimed, progress can begin towards the donut charm, which is earned after an additional three hours of watching. The first round of Kuriko-themed drops to celebrate the release of Overwatch 2 included a legendary skin and a voice line. Now, with the spray and charm, you can be fully kitted out in the new support hero just in time for her arrival in competitive play tomorrow. Overwatch 2 continues to draw solid viewership on Twitch thanks to some part 
thanks in some part, sorry, to the drops. When the new drops went live today at 1 p.m. CT, it held well over 230,000 viewers in its directory, making it one of the most popular games on the site. You can check the status of your drops progress, sorry, you can check the status of your drop progress on the drops inventory page on Twitch. The promotion ends in one week at 2 a.m. CT on October 24th. So go in there, start watching your, uh, your, your Twitch streamers there. Of course, if you haven't already, connect your Twitch account to your battle.net account in order to get these rewards collecting and uh, and claim them and everything. Um, I did get both of the rewards for the past uh, drops there, the Krico ones. Uh, sorry, the Krico skin, and I believe it was also... Oh, voice line, that's right. Um, I have already got the spray, and I have to check on my progress towards the donut because I want that donut. I'm a big fan of these weapon charms. Um, so far, I do... I do wish that you could put a different weapon charm on different heroes or on different weapons. Um, I haven't, I didn't check if you can do that. I just know that uh, once I equipped it for one character, I had it on all. Um, but regardless, I think they're neat. I like them. I think they're cool. And I do hope that, you know, they do, uh, you do unlock quite a few of them. So there's a little bit of variety. Although realistically, I mean, you know, you're going to be the only one who's really seeing these. Unless, of course, it's in the kill cam uh, that you do see see these on someone else now that's gonna be it for our news segment of the show so that's everything that was happening around the world of overwatch of course um if you've been following overwatch then you of course know about all the problems they've been having with disconnects connection issues and things like that um, but as i talked about earlier in the show i think we're past that um, i haven't had a problem getting into the game since uh since those first kind of came up or since they, they put in all the effort and, you know, took the game offline for a number of different maintenance periods there. I haven't had any connection issues. They did fix my battle pass, which the last time I was on the show, of course, you heard me complaining that uh, I wasn't getting my battle pass rewards. And because of that, I wasn't really incentivized to play because I wanted my, uh, my experience and progress to count towards my battle pass progress overall. So I hadn't played a ton even when I did get uh, managed to get a connection. Now that I am steadily able to connect, now that my battle pass is showing up, now that my rewards are coming through, um, I have been playing more, and I am looking forward to getting back to it. Back for more. Now then, let's head on over, and we'll take a look at everything in the Overwatch League, and we'll look back at this past week's matches in the league so first things first uh it was a smaller week in games of course the eastern region has completed their uh play-ins after this weekend uh and because of that they only had two matches this weekend to decide who would ultimately be that final qualified spot for the uh playoffs so let's start in the east even though they technically didn't start until saturday uh but just because there's only a couple games there so over on Saturday, October 15th, they kicked things off with their Countdown Cup plans with the Chengdu Hunters taking on the Guangzhou Charge and Chengdu winning it out 3-2. to two. And then finally, the, that meant the Chengdu Hunters got to take on the Hangzhou Spark where the Hangzhou Spark took a win 3-0. So what does that mean? Well, let's head on over to the standings because that's where things get interesting. Because the Eastern region is so much smaller than the Western region, that does, of course, mean that all of these teams were actually uh, already qualified for playoffs. They were simply playing for seeding. So what does our seeding look like? Right now, we have Seoul Dynasty in 
first place, we have the Shanghai Dragons in second, we have the Philadelphia Fusion in third, we have the Hangzhou Spark in fourth, we have the Guangzhou Charge in fifth, and the Chengdu Hunters in sixth. So the interesting thing about this is the Hangzhou Spark struggled throughout this past stage, um, throughout the Countdown Cup qualifiers, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, they got one win out of six games. So they went one and five. Now the Chengdu Hunters only went two and four, so not much better. But ultimately, impressive i guess to see the hangzhou spark pull this win out um especially over the chengdu hunters who i, I would have put my money on um but in any case i mean that's our that's what our bracket or that's what our standings look like in the east um i'm not too sure what this actually means for the playoffs though so let's head on over and see if any of the seeding has been decided yet it has not because i believe uh we need the western region to catch up and finish their games so that the um the top teams can actually select their opponents uh and who they will play in the first round of the playoffs so with that said, let's take a look at our past week's matches over in the West. So first things first, we had the New York Excelsior on Friday, October 14th, take on the London Spitfire, and London managed to 3-0 the New York Excelsior. Then at 2.30 p.m., the San Francisco Shock 3-0'd Paris Eternal, and our final 3-0 of the day, the Florida Mayhem 3-0'd the Toronto Defiant. Now, this Toronto matchup, um, of course, I'm going to cover this as I'm a fan of the Florida Mayhem and the Toronto Defiant, but I was pulling for Toronto in this matchup, and ultimately, boy, oh boy, did Toronto not show up. Um, they did not look impressive at all. They did not do anything fantastic. Um, you know, if I break down the maps here, Florida took Ilios 2-0, uh, Florida took Eichenwald 3-2, and then Florida took Junkertown 2-0. So again, just struggle 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 Toronto not looking good at all now again giving Toronto the benefit of the doubt we know that at least one player uh, one central part of their their team in Hisu had COVID and we know three other members of the organization also had COVID so um, you know there were some extenuating circumstances there and on top of that um, if I'm not mistaken let's take a quick look at the standings here both of these teams had already qualified for the um for the playoffs so they weren't at risk of falling out of the playoffs in fact no teams competing this weekend were again they were playing for seeding spots um but ultimately it was a disappointing showing for the uh toronto defiant that's for sure not a lot to talk about because there was not a lot of good in that matchup if we head on over to saturday october 15th the london spitfire were back in action as were the san francisco shock and san francisco took this one with a 3-2 win um so London was looking to collect a couple of wins, see if they could boost their place in the standings. Um, of course, uh, given they did not get this win, they did not actually move. And in fact, uh, given the performances that Houston had as well, um, they they had a chance uh, to move up uh, even further. Um, again, if London had won both their games, but ultimately that didn't happen. So San Francisco took it 3-2. Then at 2.30 p.m. on Saturday, October 15th, the Boston Uprising took on the New York Excelsior and took the win 3-1 for Boston. Then at 4 p.m. on Saturday, October 15th, the Florida Mayhem managed to get a win over the Houston Outlaws 3-1. So Florida coming out big this weekend, getting two wins, which ultimately placed them above Toronto Defiant in the standings in seventh position with a record of 12-12 and and a plus-one map differential. Now Toronto sitting at eighth, with also with a record of 12 and 12 but a map differential of negative one uh and of course we'll we'll talk about their their other match in just a second here 
Moving on to there, we go Sunday, October 16th with the Paris Eternal taking on the Boston Uprising and Boston getting the dub 3-1, just like I expected. Boston ultimately solidifying their position in 10th place with a record of 10 and 14. Um, Overall, a decent season for Boston. Some, you know, some some good, some bad, but ultimately uh, not looking too shabby and certainly looking like they're they're charging a path forward um, with a few key players that I hope we see more of in the future. Then our final match of the regular season, that's right, our final Overwatch League match of the regular season, was the Toronto Defiant at 2.30pm taking on the Houston Outlaws, and this match was much better for the Toronto fans. Of course, things started off a little bit rocky. We again had Ilios, and it was again 2-0 for the Houston Outlaws. Um, so not looking great for Toronto. They they ran some weird, some kind of interesting comps uh, that I don't necessarily think they they should have been running. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were running the Diva. Yeah, that's right. Hotbow was on the Diva while Dante was on the, the Zarya. Um, and really, Toronto just looked like they were struggling. Uh, not really able to make much happen there. Moving on from there, of course, we went to King's Row, where the Toronto Defiant took it 3-2. And again, a little bit of a rocky start. Uh, In fact, a a very rocky start, I'll say, um, where Toronto certainly took their time capping that first point. Um, Ultimately, it came down to the wire. If I'm not mistaken, I think think Finale had to trigger OT there as Genji. um, And then Toronto manages to bully their way through, get a couple of picks. Uh, Looks like Hisu gets a pick on Creative. Hotba gets a pick on Merit. And from there, they're able to actually cap and then obviously make some progress. And they end up completing the map three uh, all three, and Houston ultimately not able to come back after that. Uh, so really interesting because it looked, certainly looked like Houston would have had Toronto on their heels at this point, uh, would have been up to nothing on match point. Um, but ultimately Toronto manages to squeak this win out, which was great for them. Then of course we go on to Dorado where again, you know, uh, a similar story of, of struggle, um, on both sides, you know, Toronto only able to, uh, to get that single cap, um, but ultimately, that was enough to win it for them um, because uh, because Houston was stopped just before that first checkpoint. So uh, again, a, a decent map for Toronto. Dorado continues to be one of those weird maps that we've seen uh, time in and and, and uh, time and time again this this season, uh, where with teams you know not getting uh, not even getting to the first checkpoint or or ultimately um, you know not making much progress at all. So. Then, of course, we went on to Coliseo, which was the definition of a back-and-forth map. Um, it was definitely uh, a scary a scary map to watch for the Toronto Defiant. For those of us that wanted to see Toronto win, um, you know, myself included, obviously, uh, Houston sure seemed to be steamrolling Toronto. Uh, it, it definitely, like, I'm looking at the progress right now. We're two minutes in, and uh, Houston had 87.78 meters, and Toronto had no progress yet. Uh, but ultimately, Toronto just kept wearing them down, wearing them down, making progress little by little. And uh, as luck would have it, you know, they they managed to get a couple team fight wins in a row, and ultimately just pulled together and managed to squeak out the win. So a great way to end the season for the Toronto Defiant, obviously, especially after coming off a disappointing loss against the Florida Mayhem. Um, again, had they won that match, you know, they would have been. Uh, 
13 and 11. Um, so they actually would have been tied in terms of their record with the Atlanta Reign. Uh, however, their, their map differential would have been a little different. But um, they would have been sitting in seventh place because they lost to Florida. They're sitting in eighth place. Nothing too exciting there. I mean, ultimately, these matches were mostly playing for those seeding spots and where you would be in the play-ins because of course our top six teams have qualified for the uh for the playoffs and those next four have to play to find out who makes it into the play-ins and will be our final uh final team yes i believe our final team it might be two teams that qualify i i'm not quite sure off the top of my head um but in any case exciting stuff and a great end of the season for the Toronto Defiant with almost a perfect perfectly balanced record 12 and 12 negative one now with all of that said I'm actually not sure if there are pickums this week so I'm gonna double check here bear with me while I pull that up all right so I just pulled it up and as it turns out you actually can't do pickums yet for the uh, for the playoffs. Now that's going to be because we don't actually know um, who our play-in winners will be. Uh, so unfortunately all we can do at this moment is look forward to our matches this upcoming weekend. So first things first, I'm going to take a look at what we're looking at this weekend. So on October 21st at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, we will see the West Winners road one i'm not sure what rd means but let's call it road one uh so first things first we've got the boston uprising taking on the florida mayhem now if we look at the standings here the boston uprising sitting in 10th position with a record of 10 and 14 the florida mayhem sitting in seventh with a record of 12 and 12 only two wins separate the two teams and that is largely on the turnaround that boston has had um ultimately boston as i mentioned before has struggled this season but to, an, to a certain certain point, so have the Florida Mayhem. We haven't seen a ton of spectacular play from them. Although, again, I think both teams found success in the Countdown Cup uh, qualifiers that we just saw. So this match could be a really close one, um, and I'm, I'm hopeful for a banger of a match with probably a 3-2. If I had to make a pick... I would probably say Florida gets the win. Um, I think Florida has had more success this season. This season, I mean, not a ton, but overall, I think Florida has looked better. Has looked like they have more of a plan. I mean, certainly they've had a more steady roster and lineup. Uh, I think in large part due to their coaching staff. Um, so I'm excited to see them continue continue on. But ultimately, it kind of sucks because I I would like to cheer for Boston in these playoffs as well. But ultimately, I don't think they're going to make it out of these plans. The next match is going to be at 2.30 p.m. on October 21st, where we will see the Washington Justice take on the Toronto Defiant. Now, this is going to come as no surprise to longtime listeners of the show, but I want the Toronto Defiant to squash the Washington Justice. That's right. I do not like the Washington Justice, and, you know, it has nothing to do with them personally or the org or anything like that. It has everything to do with the fact that two years ago, the Washington Justice qualified for the playoffs uh, basically on a Roadhog meta and the back of Decay. So... Ultimately, uh, I didn't like that they were able to bring Decay in on a temporary 30-day contract right before the uh, playoffs. And because of that, he was able to carry the team into the playoffs and ultimately gave them uh, not a deep run, but a bit of a run. And uh, I still hold a grudge against the team because of that, because I, it felt unfair to teams that had... Uh, you know, been working with a roster all year um, and and didn't make a move like that uh, because ultimately it felt like you shouldn't be able to make a move like that. Um, it felt very unfair, and I don't think I'm the only person that had an issue with it. Um, I know there were teams and organizations that tweeted about having issues with it as well, 
but ultimately, um, I want to see my Toronto Defiant squash the Washington Justice in this matchup. Uh, Toronto currently sitting in 8th with 12 and 12, as I mentioned. Washington sitting in 9th with 11 and 13. Washington has been very either on or off this past season. Um, you know, they certainly, I mean, they've had just about an even record here. Uh, but ultimately, I think when Washington has faced those those better teams, um, I don't think they've, they've come out on top. And I think uh, Toronto, I mean it's a bit of a toss-up. They could beat a good team. They could beat a bad team. They could lose to a good team. They could lose to a bad team. Whereas Washington, I think more airs on the side of they lose to the good teams, they win to the bad teams. Um, and unfortunately, they probably played the good teams a little more often. So I do think that Toronto can come out on top on this one. Now, if that's the case, uh, if everything I just suggested works out as planned, then we see the Florida Mayhem taking on the Toronto Defiant on October 22nd at 2.30 p.m. We would also see the Boston Uprising taking on the Washington Justice at 1 p.m. on October 22nd, so before that 2.30 game. So if we had Boston against Washington, this is going to be our 9th and 10th place facing off, and then our eighth and ninth, or our 7th and 8th places facing off. So let's assume we have Washington taking on Boston. Um, this one becomes a little bit more of a question mark. Obviously, in the standings, Boston is in 10th, Washington is 9th. Um, we do have, you know, only one win or one loss separating these two teams but ultimately I think Boston is the better team I think they're the more well-rounded team the more well thought out team but with Washington we know they have those carry performances and that's where I kind of cringe to think about this because I worry that Washington gets the win here even though I think Boston is the more deserving team so let's for argument's sake say Washington takes it and they move on to the West Losers Road too. Now, we still have our West Winners Road 2 match to talk about. So that would be the Florida Mayhem taking on the Toronto Defiant. In this case, if this is what happens here, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think both winners of this match and winners of the Losers Road 2 match will go on into the playoffs uh, because that would bring our total teams in the playoffs up to eight from the West region. I could be incorrect about that, but why have a Losers uh, match there if if that's the case so let's assume for argument's sake uh, that both those teams qualify so we're going to have the florida mayhem taking on the toronto defiant so ultimately that's going to be a rematch from this past weekend where as i mentioned toronto had a very disappointing showing i'm very hopeful that toronto is back at full strength i'm hopeful that players are well rested i'm hopeful that they're ready to play and i'm hopeful that they are ready to play on land they have beaten the florida mayhem in the past uh, as recent as the summer showdown tournament so I'm really excited to see this. Uh, ultimately, I think Toronto can come out with the win, but Florida has been firing on all cylinders lately. Uh, Hydron, RuPaul, someone, they've all been playing absolutely out of their mind, absolutely cracked. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit worried that Florida could take the win here. If Florida does get the win, let's just, you know, again, for argument's sake, let's say Florida does get the win here. That sends Florida into the playoffs, which is good for them. And I'm excited about that because I will cheer for Florida. Um, that sends Toronto down to the losers uh, match, which would be the following match. So right after they lose, they then have to play again. And this time it would be against the Washington Justice, or if I'm wrong, then the Boston Uprising, uh, wrong about the previous match. 
But ultimately, let's say Toronto takes on Washington again here. Then in that case, I think, again, Toronto can win it. Uh, I don't have any question about that, but I but I better see them perform, um, and they better squash Washington. I don't want to see Washington qualify for another playoffs because of, because of my grudge that I hold still. So anyways, that would send Florida and Toronto on to the playoffs. Now, what does our actual playoffs look like in that case? Well, the fact is we don't know yet. Uh, they can't seed the playoffs tournament for the simple fact of um, they they don't know who's going to be in it. And of course, they allow the uh, top, top is it four, six, something like that, four, top eight maybe, teams to choose their opponents. Um, so that, that does mean that, you know, there's an element of unknown right now. If I'm looking at the playoffs, playoffs will kick off on October 30th with four games. Uh, we then move to the 31st, where we will have four more games. We then move to the 1st, where we will have four more games. Those are all in the losers round. The other ones were in the winners. Then on the 2nd, we then have, you guessed it, four more games uh, with two winners round matches and two losers round matches. Then on the 3rd, we have one winners round match. We have two losers round matches. Uh, we then move on to, oh, actually, uh, oh, yeah, and then we do have another losers round match on the 3rd there. Then finally, we move on to November 4th, where we have just the two final games, the Losers Bracket Final and, of course, the Grand Championship, uh, the Grand Finals match to end it all, November 4th at 8 p.m., and that is Mountain Time, because that's where I am. So that's a look at our, our playoffs and our play-ins. Uh, exciting stuff upcoming this weekend. Uh, should be really, really interesting to see where things shake out and who does end up qualifying uh, for uh, the playoffs ultimately. Because like I say, right now, we got some we got some teams that are on the edge, that's for sure. So now that's going to be it for our talk about the Overwatch League. I am unstoppable. Unstoppable is right, but unfortunately, we are going to be stopping the show right around here. That's right. That was episode 91 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. Of course, this was an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Once again, if you were a returning listener, thank you so much for returning. And if you were a new listener, I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. You can follow me on Twitter and you can reach out to me over there as well, where you can send me questions, comments, concerns, whatever you've got, topics for the show um, as they relate to Overwatch, Overwatch 2, uh, Overwatch lore, uh, the Overwatch community, uh, anything Blizzard, anything video games, whatever you've got. Uh, maybe your dentist has a question about Overwatch and you're not sure about the answer, throw it over to me here at SirDRJM on Twitter, and I will happily bring it to the show and talk about it with you on next week's episode. Now, you can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, and tell your friends and all that jazz. And, of course, if you do leave us a review, five stars only, of course, I will read it out on the next episode. I don't care what it says, uh, as long as, you know, it's not anything hateful. Um, but ultimately, five stars, right? Because five stars is the best. And of course, if you enjoyed what you heard here, then please tune in next week. But also, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, especially if you're a fan of Canadian Overwatch League, and in particular, the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans, where I sit with my co-hosts, Chris and Alex, and we talk everything Canadian Overwatch and Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. So, once again, thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you for episode 92 
next week. Mm. Hey, 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 hey.